Hey you guys, welcome back for the fifth episode of season two. We are now in the second half of the season and it just seems to be flying by. This episode, it's my great pleasure to introduce Jay Skittles times three. Jay Skittles, who was first introduced to me by Mardi Gras, another fantastic streamer who needs to come down to the basement. Uh, she has a very special community. The vibes are very chill and Jamie is a very sweet being. So quick disclaimer with this episode, it's gonna be a long one. It was originally two and a half hours long. I cut it down to an hour and a half and that was the most I could cut out. I know her community's really gonna enjoy this interview, so I didn't wanna take out too much content. After last week's sponsor, we're not gonna have a sponsor this week. So let's just get right into it. Please enjoy. Could you give me an introduction about who you are? Aside from my Twitch name, which goes by J underscore Skittles times three, my name is Jamie. I'm 34 years old. I live in Vermont uh, with my husband and son, and I love all things gaming and nature and just really the simple things in life. I really couldn't see myself living anywhere else. I don't like very hot climates. If it reaches 80 degrees here, that's hot enough for me. If it's anything more than that, and we have to pump the AC all summer long, I, I absolutely despise it, but I'm thankful for it. Other than that, it's just such a beautiful, it's just a beautiful state. I absolutely love it. How long, how, how long have you been gaming for? Ugh, my whole life, really. I can't um, pinpoint the exact age, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was even four years old. Just oh, from, wow. yeah, I can just go back. The memories dive really deep into even playing on the Atari. That's how long I've been playing games for. Your first system? It wasn't technically mine. It was my uncle's. So we did play on it. They live in gotcha. Connecticut, so it wasn't all the time, but definitely Nintendo. Getting a Nintendo was our first system, Super NES, and then it just, as the years went on, it piled on from there. I have a lot of gaming consoles still to this day. Do you have a favorite? This is the answer you're going to get from me throughout uh -oh. most of the interview. It's hard for me to choose a favorite. Okay. That's how much I love gaming. Yeah. I If I... If knife to my neck, I had to choose, it, it would be Nintendo 100% because yeah. that's just what I primarily grew up on. I have the most memories with that, but I love, I all, I love all things gaming. Oh, I was just going to ask if there was a game that you've ever played that you didn't like. And yet again, I was trying to think about that today and <clears throat> there's none that I can truly think of that I absolutely despised or hated. Okay. Um. I will say recently I played through Dying Light with some friends, which is not a super new game. It's not really, it's not very old either. Um, beautiful game. It was a great multiplayer. I had fun with it, but the mechanics of it weren't very smooth. And there was points in it that were just really frustrating, primarily with that. The melee wasn't great. Just stuff like that to where I was like, if someone begged me, if they had that game, it was the only game they had, and they're like, Jamie, I want to play that with you, I would play it with them, but I probably wouldn't stream it again. I just like, now that I've finished that. So that's really the only one that I can think of recently that I was like, F this game. And it's funny because, again, it's not really old. So then I go back to playing the platformer games that I love and grew up on that were really hard. Those classic games are... They want they make you want to tear your hair out. And it's just funny because I would still play those again. 
like just to relive it because so that's you, how much the nostalgia like means to me. Do you think they're more modern platformers are harder than like the platformers you grew up with? Man, I tr- that see that's another question. It's so tricky to answer that because I feel like most games that are made today are actually made easier. They give you more guides to tune into as you're playing them. They give you more hints. So to me, a lot of the time, they're a lot easier. Even the boss fights are a lot easier. Now, there are games like the Souls games. I've never personally played Elden Ring or Dark Souls. Not yet. I've had a couple people ask me if maybe someday, and I would try it. I would be down to try that. Those ones seem like they have a good difficulty to them, but um, I just feel like for the most part, yeah, the games made today, are they're just not made the same as they were back then, where the boss fights, instead of having three to six hits, they actually had, we'll say, 10 to 20. They just made things harder back then. And that's where the whole generational thing really comes into play, because I feel like the old school gaming really was that much more difficult and you had to really think like how am I going to figure this out how am I not going to smash my controller which I've never actually experienced that I have pretty good patience when it comes to games but I really do think that it's it really is a generational thing I think they do make things a lot easier for people now than back way back when if that makes any sense No, it does. And I think you brought up a good point about there being more accessibility towards like hits and stuff. Because I know back in the day, you either had Nintendo Magazine or you're buying guides or stuff. But if you didn't have those things and like way back when there was no Internet or like most people didn't have the Internet yet. So like you were pretty much left with your own devices. Absolutely. hundred percent. I'm going to just add a little snippet in there. Okay, this is a memory that I always think of. It just pops into my head, and I was in second grade, second grade, and we had a computer in our classroom. We had a printer, and I was newly playing Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, which I love the older Zeldas. I love the first one. The second one was okay. I need to replay that a little bit more, but A Link to the Past was the Legend of Zelda that really ignited my love for Legend of Zelda. and. I wanted to know everything I could about that game. I used that printer and I printed out a walkthrough in second grade. Oh my goodness. On that game, just so I could try to figure it out. How did I know to do that? I don't even know. I just, it's just, it's wild to me. And that's what caused, we didn't have anything like you just said. I did a lot of printing at school for walkthroughs and I'm like looking over to the left of me and I have a whole stack of guidebooks over there too. After these 200 pages stop stop printing out, did you get in trouble? Surprisingly, no. I don't know how I didn't. Are you a PC or console gamer? I'm both. You're both? Okay. Again, the love, love of games, really nothing holds me back because now you can plug in a controller to your PC, which is a really nice feature. Most games allow that. And some games, they might not play as well with a controller which is totally fine. I like to use the mouse and keyboard too, with especially with certain shooter games. When I play Left 4 Dead and Back 4 Blood and stuff, Sons of the Forest, those games, mouse and keyboard feels really good, as well as Devour, Demonologist, Phasmophobia, just a bunch of games that I've been playing recently. Mouse and keyboard feels really good, but when I'm playing 
usually a story-based game, Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden Web, which those are on the console, that's on PlayStation. But there's other games on the computer like Overcooked and Played Up and stuff like that. You can just do the plug and play with your controller and it feels better. I think everyone will have their preference with that, but nothing holds me back. I'm not one of those people that's, oh, it's better than PlayStation. I don't feel that way. I have so many consoles surrounding me right now. I just, for the love of gaming, as long as I can get my hands on it, if I can play it, I love it. That makes me happy. It sounded like you started out with consoles, like with Nintendo and stuff. When did you pick up PC gaming? PC gaming was probably later in life, I'd say. Oh, more towards high school. I was playing The Sims, if you remember the original Sims. Loved that. The Sims 2 was great. Did a little bit of Roller Coaster Tycoon. So that was probably where my love started, especially with The Sims. My brother had gotten The Sims and the game wasn't, not that it was inappropriate, but at that age for me, but my dad was pretty cool. You guys go play, go play together. And we did, we played for hours and just more nostalgia, more memories coming up. So that was the start of it. And probably even a little bit later in life, I'd say more towards when I met my husband, he introduced me more to the PC world and Really, that everything that I'm using now in front of me was his at one point. I'm really blessed for him for that because he's given me some pretty good tech. Yeah, it's nice when you know somebody who knows all that stuff. <laughs> exactly. And he does. He does. He's very smart awesome. with computers and stuff. So if I can't, and I feel like I'm pretty, I'm not like a super techie, but yeah, if I am really stumped and I can't find something, he will guide me through it and show me. How did you come up with your name? That's an easy one. It's my old AOL screen name. The J stands for Jamie, which is my name. Skittles is just, it just rolled off the tongue. Not only because I do love Skittles, the candy, obviously I spell mine with a Z, but just the thought of Skittles, they're fruity, they're bright. I love colors. Like I'm a very, just a very colorful person. The tattoos that I have are very, I'm like fully sleeved out. I'm just... I love that bright, bold. I love color. That just ignites my soul into feeling happy. So anything that just has that kind of string tied to it of that type of beauty, that's just where it came from. It was random, but once I said it and kind of thought about it, this just fits. And when I did create my Twitch, I'm like, oh, I liked this. Because you think about the usernames that we right, that we've had in the past or like that we've made throughout the years. There's always one that's just going to stick with you. And that's, this was the one that stuck with me. So what does the X3 mean? Or is it times three? It's times three. So it's like (laughs) extra Skittles. All the Skittles. That's right. Any flavor pack that you want. Do you have a favorite kind of flavor pack? I get asked this question all the time also. I really love the OG red pack. So with the original lime, however... I like the newer pack with the green apple. I'm not opposed to it. And they do in stores. They sell the two different ones, and it'll tell you on there which one is the original pack. I also really love the sour Skittles. And if I had to choose another one, it would be the berry pack, which I believe is a purple bag. Those are my faves. 
I didn't even know there was more than that. <laughs> There's more than that. There's one other one that I can think of. I believe it's a tropical pack. That one's okay. It's not one that I would usually go for. I think I'm going to have to <laughs> now that I know that they're out there. They're out there somewhere. Go to Walmart. I bet they'll be there. So you just yeah. mentioned tats. How many tats do you have? Oh, geez. Counting wise. Ooh. Is it too many to count? Too many to count at this point. Uh, do you have a favorite? A lot of them are my favorite too. Yeah. Because they're just, they're just so well done and they're so pretty. I love, I really love my sleeves the most, I think. I just finished out my left sleeve last year. I really went hard on finishing my left. The for, the bot, the forearm, the lower part was pretty much finished. I just needed to do a little bit more filler work and finish the upper sleeve, which kind of come out onto my collarbones a bit. So it okay. like comes up. I did that in six sessions, which wow. was quite a lot for one year. I've never done it. Yeah. that much before but i think i had went in for maybe like that i want to say i went in for four or five sessions throughout the month like i did it like once a month and wow. then i took a break i think i took that month off and then i went back for my final session so i feel definitely feel more complete now than yeah. i have that i have not like a full back piece but they start i have cherry blossoms that start on both sides of my ribs and they go up my back that those are, so that's a pretty big piece. I probably need to get that touched up or maybe re-outlined. It's been oh lord, I think I started that in I did one half in 2013. I think I did the other half in 2014. So they still it still looks good. Like all the color still looks good, but yeah, I can't fully pinpoint how many tattoos there are. I just know they they take up like a good portion and I live for it. Like I said, they're so colorful and beautiful. A lot of floral pieces, like ornate pieces. So I love nature. So anything that's just really that simplistic beauty. And that just adds to my happiness. It's amazing yeah. how a tattoo can do that. Do you remember your first one? My first tattoo. Oh, the first tattoo. Yes. So how old are you? You just oh, I'm old enough. Here. I'm turning 40 this year, so I'm good. You're <laughs> old enough, so you know that way back when the first tattoos was on the lower abdomen. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah that was so, a trend. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was the trend. That was the first tattoo. It's just a little moon and star. It's not terrible. It wasn't done professionally. If I had to keep it the way it is forever, I could. So I'm really not embarrassed by it, but I have thought about trying to make it just a little bit better going to my artist and making it just a little prettier than what it is but that was my first tattoo at 18 oh, wow, 18 okay. years old so once I had that tiny tattoo and I started getting more tattoos after that they just got bigger and bigger <laughs> your, your body's just a canvas now it was it's it's a beautiful canvas yeah no. I just felt, and, and tattoos are so permanent. So a lot of people are like, I want tattoos, but I don't know what to get. Of course, you have to go with what you want to get. For me, like I said, I really love flowers and nature. I love that beauty. It's really timeless. It's classic. I feel like it's never going to go out of style. So that's just what did it for me. And even when I was like, yeah, maybe I'll only do like half sleeves on each side. And once I did my full half sleeve, on my right side to start with, I was like, no, I need to keep going. So for the most part, that saying is really true. If you love tattoos, it's hard to stop. So what type of games do you play? 
My favorite types of games would be the platformer games, story-based games, co-op shooters, a lot of co-op games. I'm not really big into the PvP games. Those are the ones that I don't touch ever. Nothing like Apex, Call of Duty, Valorant, none of those types of shooters, but like I said before, Left for Dead, Back for Blood, just anything with that co-op, which I know a lot of those PvP games are co-op games as well. You have teams that you can be on. I just find them to be more, they seem a bit more stressful, but just a, a lot of people just tend to talk shit. And it's just, that's not really, I could just not say anything and deal with that, but I just have a better time playing with my friends with those co-op games. I feel like I'm pretty well-rounded when it comes to the variety I play, and I play a lot. I'd have to go look, but I know that I've, I think I've streamed over, I'll say 50 plus games oh, wow. at this okay. point. So there's a lot of games. I even do like modded games. I don't know if you know anything about those Super Mario World modded type games where they can change the characters. I just have to do a little plug in here. If you're ever able to see me play Peach's Adventure, it is one of the best fan-made games that I have ever played. It, it is that good. Just again, the, the love of games, nothing really holds me back. I just play whatever I feel like playing. I play it. <laughs> so since we were talking about platformers earlier, I was wondering, have you touched like Hollow Knight and Cuphead? I have not tried those ones yet. No, I'm interested. Tough as far they as platformers. Do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I just don't have those games yet, but I would be okay. very down to try them. Yeah, I yeah. have heard Hollow Knight is the type of game that can make you want to rip your hair out. Cuphead, I almost feel like it might be, not to say that it's not hard because I've seen it, it is, but I think in comparison, I've heard more people complain about Hollow Knight because it doesn't really tell you where you have to go. So that's one of the kind of what we were talking about before that I feel is one of the newer games that has been made that has stayed true to keeping it really tough which is a really nice challenge yeah um, it really reminds me of Castlevania I don't know if you played any of the old school Castlevanias, but it has that yeah whole, like, back in the day yes and I actually do have those games on my retro pie that I just have not really touched yet because my friend had put this retro pie together for me which is loaded with more games than I can even think of right now. But those ones are in there and I do need to dive back into them. I was just going to ask you, have you played any Little Nightmares? Have you played either of the Little Nightmares games? That's a newer platformer as well that not yeah. compared to Hollow Knight and Cuphead, but it's still in that category. Games like that too, that have yeah. a really spoopy story. Anything that really just keeps you interested in what the hell is going on here that's yeah. what i love about those games oh yeah i mean that one was a really good one i haven't played the second one yet but the first one was really good i hope you do it's a prequel so it'll give you a little bit of insight oh, it's, it is i bought it but it's on the list to play <laughs> you know what you have your tech in tuesdays maybe we could do like little nightmare wednesdays or i don't know yeah, whatever yeah, day that's that just like an idea for you. i would love to watch you play that Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I need to play it. Because the first one was so good. Yeah, I, I need Wait. to play the second one. Even I have Horizon Zero Dawn and I've had that forever and I need to play it. Oh, but That is know. a top favorite for me. Oh, is that? Please play that at yes. <laughs> yes. As far as PlayStation games go, 
the top three PlayStation games that I can list to you that I have played over and over is Horizon Zero Dawn. I did just beat Forbidden West a couple months ago. I really love that as well. Fallout 4 and the Little Nightmares games. Is, I play those on PlayStation. Wow, so those are your top three, huh? <laughs> those are the tops. It, wait, four. There's one more. Okay. Oh, my goodness. The Last of Us, which is like the top one of the top tier favorites of mine. Last of Us. Which one did you like the most? I'm just going to start out by saying I loved, I love both of them. I love both of them. I know there's a lot of fans that when the second one came out, they were very, we were all hurt. I don't want to spoil anything in case people haven't played. But as far as the story goes, there was a very, it was a very mixed bag. I feel like I was one of the few people that was like, man, the second one was a masterpiece. Just okay. like the first one. Gameplay was a little bit smoother in the second one. They tweaked a couple things. We could prone, right? We could like crawl on the ground and crawl under stuff. I thought that was pretty incredible. But as far as both games go, they were they were just so special in their own ways, especially I don't have to tell you the relationship with Joel and Ellie in the first one. You watch that unfold became so invested in these characters. They feel like family. That's how yeah. I feel when I'm talking about this game, when I think about this game. It, as far as, and I've played, again, so many games in my lifetime, I feel like those two were definitely top tier for me that just hit me in all the feels. And they it just every single time, every time that I play it and I've replayed it, it's like I've never played it before. That's how good it is. And it just gets me. It yeah. just gets me every time. I always got to have a I have to have something close by. I got to have the tissues close. It's just one of those things like you didn't want to see it. You don't want to witness it, but you can't like you can't be mad because and again, I don't want to spoil anything in case there's any listeners that don't know. But if you just like when I play games and this is where I really get invested in the story and games that I play, just like Horizon Zero Dawn, that one was right there for me as well. That really not as high as The Last of Us, but you try to put yourself in these characters' positions, and that's what I do. So when I'm going through and I'm playing these games, I'm like, I can't even be mad at it because we would probably all do the same thing. I could talk about those games for a long time. Even Horizon Zero Dawn, I thought it was really just groundbreaking because we saw this young child grow up into a woman, and that's really like my first game really seeing a dominant female character that wasn't a sex symbol we had Tomb Raider but then she was she was yeah it was yeah she was transformed I do think in the later Tomb Raiders they tried to pull that back a little bit pull her back into being a character like Aloy <laughs> which I just have to say since we are talking about Aloy hands down my favorite female character to play heroine if you will I just lo I love everything about her she's she doesn't take shit from anyone. She's brave. She does everything that no one wants to do. She's a leader. I just, I love her sass. I just love her. I just love that she gets things done. And I love that throughout the gameplay. They, she just really stays to that character. And it's just like, like I'm the, ch basically like I'm the chosen one, right? It's pretty much how it is in most of the games that we play. You end up being the chosen one. You're the one that has the whole literal weight of the world on your shoulders, but yeah, that game was so groundbreaking. I almost feel like I might 
still prefer the first one to Forbidden West, but I did really still love Forbidden West. There was some really great battles. It was a great game. So earlier you mentioned Little Nightmares. Do you play any horror? I play a lot of horror games. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I'd say recently I've been playing quite a bit, but that's just been in my rotation. I really wanted to make the end of April special, so I streamed five days this last week, which I never do. I usually do, you know, three to four streams a week, typically three. I'd say three is my usual. But yeah, we just... I really just wanted to hit it off with a bang and just say my thank you to the community and all the friends that I play with and people who love coming through and watching these co-op games. We just, we play a lot. We play a lot. As for horror goes, because we do play a lot of other co-op games, we do a lot of Phasmophobia. Um, I've done some Resident Evil 5 and 6 with a friend a while ago. I recently got Demonologist, so I've been playing through that. I recently got Devour, which I'm absolutely loving. I'm not a person who likes to be chased in video games. I don't know if you've ever seen Devour or played it. It sounds terrifying. It's it definitely, it's pretty sketchy. I can give you a little snippet of what each map entails. So you're a cultist okay. member. And there's either like, a, I think the first map was one of the leaders of the cult. We'll use the farmhouse map as the example. So Anna, I believe, is one of the leaders. And what you have to do is you have to go in. You have to you have to let out these demonic goats. You have to use hay to catch them. And you end up burning them in the backyard. And every time you burn, there's in every map, there's 10. There's 10 typically animals that you might have to sacrifice there's been one other map that i played that didn't have animals to sacrifice but every time you burn one or place something the entity that you're dealing with on that map gets more angry and ends up getting faster and will basically catch you drag you somewhere and then you just have to wait for one of your teammates to come revive you with a med kit it's a little repetitive in that way but it's a lot of fun. Like you run through the maps, you have to find this stuff. You have to pick up keys along the way to unlock certain doorways and stuff. It's a game that I didn't think that I was going to love because of that. Because back in the day, I played Outlast and I was like, oh, I don't like to be chased. Yeah. I like having a weapon. I'm, I am like when it comes to fight or flight, if I don't know what I'm doing initially, I do flight a little bit. But if I know what's up, like, I'm a fighter. So when I first played Outlast, I'm like, this is just, I don't know if I can get through this game. And I never, I don't own that game. My best friend has that game that I played with him a couple times. But yeah, I was gifted Devour to play. So I was like, now I have to play it, right? So I did. And I've actually, I've really loved it. And it's a great, you can play up to four players. Definitely suggest if anyone has played it to play with three or four people. It's just harder with two because if your person gets knocked down, that's your you're their only hope. You have to get them back up, and it's a difficult. It's a pretty difficult game, but it's rewarding when you get it. When you burn all those creatures or whatever you have to do to basically exercise the demon, it's just it's great. Uh, Phasmophobia. I'll just go to Phasmophobia because that's probably my most played quote horror game which i shock a lot of people when i tell them that 
it's my favorite cozy game. People think I'm <laughs> nuts when I say that. Relaxes yeah. me. Really? It really does. I love phasmophobia. It does hit a little bit different when you play by yourself. You're a little bit more on edge when you play solo. But when you're going into that house with a group of friends, or okay. I love playing every morning, mo most mornings, with my do a little plug-in from my girl, Velaz Star Raptor. Just love, we will have our morning tea or coffee or whatever, and we'll just chat about life stuff. And we're just going in, playing Phasmophobia. It's just, it's so relaxed and chill. So when I stream that game, I have a lot of people coming in and they're just like, wow, someone is not, you're not screaming. Like you're not freaking out. And I'm like, no, I'm too, fo I'm just too focused. And not to say that I don't jump or just be like, sometimes I get spooked a little bit, but I'm not a screamer. And yeah, no, this is the majority of the, when I play horror games, like even Silent Hill. I love the Silent Hill games. Those are super sketchy. Resident Evil is a different kind of scary because the I think I feel like the puzzles are really frustrating in Resident Evil games. Yeah. So it, once you like deter from the scary stuff and then you're like, oh, crap, you're like stuck on this puzzle for <laughs> a half an hour or how long. You're just like, darn it. Yeah. Okay, this kind of takes the fun out of it. But yeah, that all in all, again, I love games. Goth, I love games. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> so much. Um, the Forest and Sons of the Forest. Also a good, yeah, I wouldn't really consider it like a horror game, but definitely spooky. Dark caves, mutants, cannibals. It sounds like to me having a co-op feature in the game kind of makes the difference for you. It makes it that much better. Is there a game that you played that wasn't co-op that you wish was co-op? If I had to think top of my head, Little Nightmares comes up again a little bit, especially just with the prequel that came yeah. out or the sequel. I thought initially that was going to be two player and it wasn't. So I was a little bummed about that. I'm, I'm really trying to think off the top of my head if there's anything that has come out spooky a solo game that I wish I, I, I can't think of anything initially if you have any if you have any suggestions maybe that'll ring a bell but you did hit the nail on the head for me there I I do prefer playing those types of games co-op I just find it to be more fun I've played through I've done a little bit of dead space and stuff we'll use Silent Hill as another example again that's a solo spoopy but even just that even thinking of that I'm like man that would be so nice if that was co-op and I think what I'm thinking of Dead Space 3 was personally my favorite Dead Space game because it was co-op. I really enjoyed the story along with it to the co-op character that you were playing as. Um, I had a great time playing that with my husband. We rocked that game. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Like when it comes to spoopies, I prefer to have company. But if I have to do it alone, I'll muster the courage. I'll do it. So have you ever wanted to live in a world from a game? I was thinking about this question, and the first one that came to mind 100% would be from Legend of Zelda, whether it be Breath of the Wild, maybe even Ocarina of Time. That game, when that came out, was life-changing, like Ocarina of Time was. That came out on Nintendo 64. I still have it. I have the cartridges, my Nintendo 64. I'm looking at her so lovingly down there. Yeah. Mint condition works beautifully. It'd have to be from Legend of Zelda. If I had to choose a second one, it would be Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, even really? though it was super gritty. Yeah, it was yes. Really 
because there's times even now we're so blessed with the technology that we have, but I really wish that we could go back sometimes to the simplicity. Remember when the internet truly was first launched and we were growing up with that, how innovative that was, like the time to go through that. It's just, that's just what I think of. And I think of her in Horizon, the technology is so great in that game, but the simplicity of how they live, wish we could go back to that. But I guess Breath of the Wild, though, that's probably why if I chose Breath of the Wild, firstly, was similar to that, too. They just had their town. They didn't, people were hardworking. They were outside hardworking. It's just a time we love the luxuries that we have. But with that, just has come a lot of crap, too, over the years. And that's why I just, I prefer the simplistic. Is there an upcoming game that you're looking forward to playing? Oh, yeah, there's one. <laughs> One in particular, I think you know what it is. Can you I think guess? I have an inkling. I think I have it. Is it Tears of a Kingdom? Yes. One of my tattoos is a Triforce. I actually have a little, one of my emotes is my ta picture of my tattoo. It's my Triforce. And under it, it says, the flow of time is always cruel, which is from Ocarina of Time. And yeah, I'd say for the love of games and how many games that I do hold dear to my heart, if I had to choose one to rule them all it, it would be legend of zelda 100 percent. it's just gosh it's just the game they just so epic i just can't they leave me speechless they make me babble that's how much i love them so that is the only game that i'm really anticipated for this okay. year so how do you feel about the evolution of the legend of zelda since you've played the Ooh. nes gold cartridges till now the evolution is perfection and putting it very bluntly, it's a mind fuck. I don't know if you've ever seen the timeline, which even though I love this game so much, it still confuses the absolute hell out of me. It's Is hard it to like, remember. It off at one point, doesn't it? it like they, Yes, they split off at many different points. Unless like all you're doing is memorizing the timeline, which someday <laughs> I'll get there. But yeah, I really love the direction. I love the direction that they've gone with the game. The, the first two, so classic. Even if you hate the games, like, they're so classic. And that was, I think that was one of my, I want to say the, the original Legend of Zelda and this original Mario were the top, like, two first OG Nintendo games that I started out with. I definitely remember playing a lot of Legend of Zelda, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. Love that game. Played the hell out of that. But as far as graphically and and all that stuff, we took that turn that we needed with A Link to the Past. Graphically, the music, the light world, the dark world. Oh my God, just I feel like everything that you could want in a Legend of Zelda game was right there in A Link to the Past. And then after that, we got blessed with the Nintendo 64, Ocarina of Time. We had Majora's Mask, which I don't know if you've ever played that one. That is a whole beast of its own. I love the direction. I love what they've done with every single game. And that's why people are always saying to me, you love Zelda. What's your favorite one? And then that's just where I'm like, that's really, I can't choose it. I can't yeah. choose it because they all, for me, are somewhere in my timeline. Like they all mean so much to me. And the year that I played it or every moment that I've played it, like over the years. But I love the subtle differences too with what they've done. I don't know if you played Wind Waker. That one was. I just it was got so it. So different. You did. I did. Yeah. It was. 
I think you're going to love it. When I first pl- when I first saw it and I first played it, it took me back a little bit because they really were like, okay, we're going to do something completely different now. They did it completely different <laughs> graphically, like the cartoon style, I think. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I didn't love it. I didn't love it initially okay. because the change was so great compared mm-hmm. to playing Ocarina and then you just go to that. But I'm like... I don't hate it, though. I'm going to give it a chance. And then getting into the game was so vast. It was huge, huge open world. The music, of course, the music in every <laughs> Legend of Zelda is just so epic in its own. Oh, but amazing. it was just every everything that pulled into together to make it what it was. Incredible. Skyward Sword. Not one that I love to play. I have that for my Wii. I didn't love the controls. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely more of that game paddle gal. So the the control, they they tried to be innovative with the controls and making it different. It was cool, but not one that I would choose to play. But graphically, I did like it. I liked that it had a nice mix of almost not quite as cartoony as Wind Waker, but a little bit, it had a little bit of that grittiness of Twilight Princess to it. So that had a nice balance to it. I loved how dark Twilight Princess was. Like that one probably out of most of them, I feel like was the most different graphically and gameplay wise and just the story on its own. I feel like Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess had that deeper, the depths to it that really just was like, wow, they're really like going in a different direction here, but I live for it. But yeah, that's where when you're just like, yeah, I played those old ones and oh my God, I hate them because that's just (laughs) where, that's where the classic gameplay comes in and it just shows you how hard those games are. And they gave you no direction. You have to talk to everyone to get some sort of hint. Um, And yeah, it's just, that's the natural reaction. You kind of like it, but you hate it. So what are your thoughts on the current state of video games? Price point wise, some of them are reasonable. Like I just bought or we just got the Sons of the Forest, which was like 30 bucks. It's not finished yet. That's why. That's a great price for a game that's putting in as many updates as it is. And it has been running very smoothly. I've been enjoying it. The current state of gaming, do you mean just how they're made? Do you have a... Really, It's pretty open-ended, really. Okay. Whatever comes to mind. When I think of the current state, I would mostly think there's a lot of bells and whistles to to new games that are being released. I feel like they're either too rushed or they're not. They hold it back a bit, which I always say I will never be mad at anyone holding the game back to complete it and make it better rather than release it and it have a lot of issues. But I feel like this day and age, they're very rushed. Mm -hmm. So you end up having these problems, right? You know, even with consoles, the consoles are really buggy. The games are really janky. They're not running smoothly. Um, I think that's been happening. We'll use, I believe, the new Star Wars game that was released. I think that was one of them. Uh, A lot of people were complaining about that. So I think of it more as the cash grab for a lot of these companies. Not to say that they're not passionate about what they're making but first and foremost they want to make that money of course mm-hmm. um and i just i don't think that they put the full quality into some of these games i don't want to say all of the games but one that i can think of right off the top of my head the resident evil 3 remake right beautiful yeah. game beautifully done 
not long enough. It was very, as far as the RE games go, it was very short. A lot of people I knew were pissed. They completed that game probably the fastest of any Resident Evil game. You know how those games are supposed to be? (laughs) They're supposed to have a lot of time and depth into them. But that's just one that I think of. Yeah, I just... And I think that's why I do gravitate more towards, not to say that I don't like new games. I'll try some new games here and there, but that's why I replay a lot of the old stuff because I just, I'm good to wait through the load times. I'm good. I'm good with that because I feel like the quality of the game is better. It's not, it's not bugging out. It's not glitching out. Just see over the years how much stuff has changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. You said Um, it, sister. So what made you get involved in streaming? So streaming for me, I would say, oh, let's go back in time a little bit. I had my son in 2019, so I had worked my whole young adult life um, up until I had my son. And of course, where I live in Vermont, childcare is very expensive. My husband has a really good job. He works for the state. He's able to take care of us and was like, I'd really love for you if you want to, which most women do. They want to be at home with their child or children. And I said, honestly, I would love to do that because all the jobs that I really had throughout, I've only had five jobs throughout my whole lifetime. I'm 34 years old. The, I think the longest two I had was before, a little before I had my son, I worked at a hospital for eight years. And then I worked, I went to an animal hospital and I was there probably well over a year until I had my son. And then I couldn't go. I chose not to go back because they, long story short, they promised me I could work whenever I wanted to. And then they wanted me to work like 30 hours a week. And I was like, huh? Oh, yeah. So I was like, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna opt to stay home with my baby. So that's how that came about. So I created my account in, I believe, April 2020. So that is during the pandemic. Trying to think when the pandemic happened. I think it was late 2019, maybe early 2020 when it was finally going a bit haywire, I decided to look into Twitch and I didn't even start streaming right away. I was just doing a a bit of browsing on it and I'm like, gaming has been my whole life. Why not see what I can do to set up to start streaming? So when I did, it was no, no camera, a crappy headset, microphone, and I just did broadcasting from my PlayStation. Right from my PlayStation, you can plug in like the Twitch integration to it. And that's where I started. I think I did my first stream in August 2020 and off and on throughout the year and probably more heavily maybe in November, December-ish or December through January. I know I got my affiliate on Valentine's Day 2021. And that's just, that was really the start of it. And It's just been like the whole thing has just been nothing but fun for me because of how much I love gaming and meeting friends, like-minded friends, like people who that's who I I like to gravitate towards people that are similar to me. Not to say that we can all have our differences and stuff, but just like when it comes to the same feels about just like genuinely connecting with people for the love of gaming, not just connecting to try to grow. Yeah. which a lot of people do that and it is what it is but I just like hanging with the homies <laughs> yeah I just I was at home and just decided why not give this a try and yeah I've 
been loving it ever since. Could you describe your streaming style? My style and what a lot of people think of me is first and foremost, my voice, which I've always, especially when I first started streaming, you go back and you listen to yourself and you're like, that's what I sound like. What? It Initially, it doesn't sound very appealing, but you just have to get used to hearing yourself. And so the ASMR-like voice is, I think, what draws a lot of people to me. And my streaming style is just very relaxed, just a very chilled environment, but really fun, too. We love toilet humor. Sometimes we talk. There's some raunchy innuendos in there. Like, it's not really family-friendly. I do swear quite a bit. But the atmosphere is family-like. So I'm very warm and welcoming. My community is very warm and welcoming. And I think in a whole, like, I'm savage and soothing. That's mm. what that is. That's like my motto for myself, <laughs> that, that savage and soothing, cozy carnage, very, like I'm very focused into my games. Like I, I love those headshots. I love kicking ass, <laughs> but I do it very composed, like just very chilled out because of my focus. And I think that's why a lot of people are really surprised when I play all these scary games and I'm not freaking out. But that's just my play style. Like I'm not, that's not who I am as a person. I'm just really, I like to keep things, I like to keep things cozy. That's my favorite thing. I think the atmosphere really counts for a lot. So if you have a really calming and cozy atmosphere, people are definitely going to gravitate to that, I think. I can't hear it enough too. I had a friend today actually say to me, I really love coming into your streams and listening to you talk and I was getting some work done and you're in other streams and you hear all these sound alerts going off, sometimes like a jump scare, just people dropping bits, whatever. It's primarily they were talking about the sound alerts. I don't have any of those in my channel wow, and I okay. never will truly mean that. I'm very sound sensitive okay. and that's another part of it and I'm very open to that and I tell a lot of people that. Not to say if you have if you have sound alerts and stuff in your stream, that is totally fine. But if people are spamming it, if it's going really crazy, I either have to turn it way down or I just I have to get up and take a break or I have to mute the tab, maybe go to someone else, keep the tab up, but go visit with someone else for a minute. I never want to bash anyone's style of their channel because they might really love that. They might love like the chaos of that. But that's not what I'm drawn to. And yeah. I'm just, I will never have that. I like being, when my friend had said, out of the, a lot of people that I follow, because I think you can follow over 2,000 accounts on Twitch. There is a cap, but basically they said, out of all the accounts that I follow, thank you so much for being you. Thank you for, for <laughs> staying true to you and just being different because... There really is no one like you right. on the platform. Like you, you can just tell you do it for the love of the friendships you've made and the games that you love to play. And that's really just like why you're in it. It's always a huge compliment to hear that and to hear and to see how many people that just come out from the shadows and they're like, hey, I've been working on my college stuff and I love your streams. I love having you on in the background. It's just that's so endearing to me. That people just really love to listen to me talk. Because, again, I was always so self-conscious with my voice. And I feel like streaming has really has really helped me as a person in, like, public speaking and just, like, putting myself out there. Wow, that's really sweet. It's done a lot for me. It really has. 
because I went from, I just want to say too, I went from being in school, I absolutely hated, hated presentations, public speaking, reading, all of that stuff in front of my classmates. But I don't know what it is. Obviously, I've been on the platform now for a few years, but you can play games like Legend of Zelda and other readers. Like I played through Paper Mario and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, just games that have a lot of dialogue. People say to me, oh, God, Jamie, I would love it if you could do an audio book. I'm like, I do play a lot of games that have a lot of dialogue to them. So if you want to hear me read, it's just really helped me in ways that I never thought that it would. So thankful for it. Do you have a favorite stream you like to think back on? I was trying to think of this one, too. And again, it's another hard one. It's another hard one, truly, because every stream, every time I get on, it's funny because when you stream, there's a lot of people say that you can't help it. You're going to you're going to think of the analytics and you're going to think of the numbers and all that stuff and people being concerned about their numbers. And I feel like I'm one of the few people that can truly disagree with that, because when I get on every stream to me is special. I'm excited, like I'm excited to play what I'm going to be playing. I'm trying to think if there really was one that stood out, but they're all so amazing. And I've had such incredible streams and moments of overwhelming love just from people being there. Sometimes that can lead to the monetary stuff, which is never expected. But when people do that, that to me is just anyone spending money on this platform. You guys are wild. <laughs> I do it too. I love to support my fellow streamers as well. But it's just, it's one of those things that's never expected. And there has been streams that have brought me to tears of the generosity of people. And I think why it just means so much to me is because I really don't expect anything. Every time that I do get on the platform, I'm just really excited to share a couple hours of a favorite game or like games that I've replayed, new games that I'm playing. It's just, it, it sounds really corny and it makes me ramble on and on, but <laughs> it's just really true. I've just, I've had a lot of special moments, a lot of just really amazing friendships and people that I uh, talk to every single day. Some of them, I even do a voice memo back and forth because so, it's like parents and having lives, it can be, can't really, can't always make the time to talk on the phone, but you can do these voice notes back and forth and stay like a little bit more like personally connected to just like true, just true friendships that I've made. I'm just blown away. So <laughs> I guess in a long winded sentence, like Restream is just incredibly special and my friends make it special. Oh, that's really amazing. Yeah, I can see that. If you never expect anything and then people do support you and show you love and stuff, you're going to be surprised every time. I'm so surprised every time because I just, it, it just, like you guys, we just, we chilling. We're just hanging out playing games and it's, it's just some of the messages that I've received, like I said, of how, like I've helped people through hard times, just being present and coming on and being genuinely asking how they are, asking how their family, like how their family is, how their pets are, just truly caring, like trying to remember if I have learned your name, like your real name. When people come in, like I often will call people by their names. I try to just stay myself and as authentic as I am. 
And it does get harder the more people that you meet. I'm like trying to do my best and I just am rambly. But yeah, I'm just really appreciative of people because I, I always say I genuinely don't expect anything. It does help me. It helps like towards my bills and my family or something that, that I might need. But it's never, you know, expected. I really do majority like I do this for fun, 100%. So any anything else that comes with it is I would never ask it. Uh, do you have any goals or visions uh, with your Twitch community and channel? I do have a goal. I've, uh, you know, I've I've been on the partner push since January. I announced maybe like mid-January. I would love to be a Twitch partner. And primarily, I would love to be a partner just to get more emotes for my community. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally it. They are stingy with those emotes, I tell you. They've gotten, it's the catch 22. They've gotten better. They've rolled out with the follower emotes. They granted five animated emotes. They granted four additional tier one emotes. It's never enough, of course. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, people being generous, unlocking with the bits. So the bits badges even can open extra spots, extra emote slots, which is really nice. But that's long time. That's my goal. When I reach that goal, like I said, the streams have always been the same. So that's the thing. I don't, I know a lot of people that have just in my forever ramblings. I know how much you love them, Goth. Yeah, that's what it. I'm here for, to listen to the stories. I, I'm not like, I don't want anything else from it. So once we achieve it, like I said, what I'm doing now is what I've always done. I don't want sponsorships. I don't want anything extra from being on the platform. I don't have multiple social accounts. I don't have Instagram, TikTok. What are all the other ones? I don't have all these platforms. The growth that I've made, which I looked at my followers the other day because I, I truly I just haven't been looking at it. I'm not quite to 5K yet, but mm -hmm. having started and like starting in late 2020, I don't know if I really count my affiliate date as the true start date. I don't really know how to process that part of it, but I feel like the growth that I've made on the platform in such a small amount of time has been pretty big. A lot of people who have talked to me about it, they're like, that is just incredible, especially for not posting extra content, which I don't do. I don't edit anything. I do backlog my old videos to YouTube. And even then, I didn't start doing that until I think late 2021. And that was purely because I had people in my community asking, can you start uploading your videos to YouTube so we can go back someday and see some old videos of you way back when? So that was the only reason that I started doing that. But I just, I don't want anything extra from it. And I feel, and this isn't with every partnered streamer that I've met, but a lot of them, they have that agenda. They want to be famous or they want to be, like, they want to do this full time to where it can be their full time job and income and I don't feel that way I just want more emotes for my fam That's it. <laughs> that is literally the only reason and even then I had thought about the whole partner status even before then and oh, I'm just like if it happens someday it'll happen but just everyone just continued to come and support and the streams have just they've grown but it's always stayed very tight tight family you have the same people coming back in. You have new people coming in, new people that are returning, which I love to see that because I just tell people straight up, these are my streams. 
<laughs> you're not going to get anything extra from it. And I've I've had those requests from other people too that are like, hey, can you add sound alerts and stuff like that? And I said, no, I won't do it. I just won't do it. That's not what I want. That's not who I am. If you want to go mess with sound alerts, like there's millions of people, I guess you could say thousands of people. I don't know how many people are actually streaming on Twitch, but there's plenty of other channels that have all of that. And mm -hmm. I'm going to will just be myself. So nothing in that sense is going to change. This is it. And I think a lot of people, they, they say to me, don't you feel like it's going to become stale eventually? And I said, no, because I'm not. It's just me. We have fun here. And I'm upfront with what I bring to the table on the platform. And it's just a very safe, warm, welcoming environment and a cozy environment. And like I said, I love that. I love people that are, are new to the chat that are very evident. They could have been in, I don't know how many of my streams, primarily lurking and just come out from the shadow and just say, I just want to say I'm here all the time. This is the first time I've ever said anything, but I just, I love your streams and I love, I love it here. And mm -hmm. that to me just solidifies that everything in my heart and soul of what I envisioned for putting myself out there on this platform, I'm doing it right. Like I'm, I'm doing it the way I want to do it and it's going to stay that way. <laughs> so as a person who's, it sounded like you used to struggle with like public speaking and stuff. Does it ever cross your mind at some point? Like, oh, there's 30 people in my chat. Oh, there's 50 people in my chat. Oh, there's a lot of people in here listening to what I have to say. Does it hit a little different since it's just streaming and there's nobody in front of you? Or do you find yourself getting nervous? So I feel this is the thing. So I'll <laughs> let me see what other what some of these other questions that I can tie in. I think there was a question that something I had to overcome that kind of makes me feel like part of this the answer to that question too. So okay. along with the public speaking, I think the most thing when I started streaming that I was nervous about was just being on camera. Just because I'm one of those people, I don't necessarily like having my photo taken. I don't I don't really like to be recorded and stuff, but it was so different. First few times streaming, obviously it is nerve wracking, right? You're putting yourself out there. And that's, I think no matter who you are, you're always going to feel nervous. And over time, I really don't feel nervous. I've, I think the biggest raid I've ever gotten was in the 300 range. And I really didn't feel nervous at all. Wow. I just, like I said, I just stayed true to myself. I showed Peachy. If you don't know Peachy, she's my lionhead bunny. I take her out quite often. She's a redeem on my channel. She's very well loved by the community and of course anyone who loves animals whether they follow or not they love the bunny and I just give a little snippet about who I am what all the stuff that I just told you like what I bring to the table I, it's very I'm very avocado basic is what I like to say I'm just a I'm just I'm a normal person yeah <laughs> I don't I'm not trying to sell you anything and that really just goes for myself, too, because a lot of people say you have to sell yourself if you're going to be successful on the platform. But and to an extent, I can agree with that to an extent. But you want to be you want to be a likable person. But it's I know who I am as a person. I'm very open with my life on the platform. I, I love talking about uh, my son and my husband. 
give that little plug in right there. I've been with my husband. It'll be 12 years this year, nine years of, the, of that married. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And just I, so I don't hide anything. And I, I will never hide anything in that sense, too, because I feel like there are some people and even my husband and I, we had a little talk about that, too. Like there are some women that hide that they're in relationships on the, the platform so they they can make more money from it, too. But that's not that I'm like, that isn't relevant to me, though, because that's not at all what I'm trying to do. And all the live long day, I will talk about my family because I really do believe by staying so open and true to who I am, it's kept a lot of those types of men out of my chat. Not to say that I haven't had like the occasional creeper, inappropriate person come in. I think we all get that from time to time, but it doesn't happen a lot. All in all, just sharing my life, hopefully just attracting just showing people that I'm just a normal person. I love talking about life stuff. Like we'll get into some deep conversations. And if there's a lot of people in the chat that want to listen to me and take what I have to say with a grain of salt, I'm like, I feel honored in a way that so many people would want to listen to that. But yeah, I just, no matter what the number, I'm thankful for whoever comes through and stays. So it is, it's come full circle to your question there from being so nervous to talking to people, to feeling really confident now too. And I find that in my everyday life now as well. It's really helped me in my everyday life. Not to say that years ago that I was mousy, like that wasn't the case at all. I just, I feel with being on the platform, it's really helped with me really taking a moment and thinking think before I speak as well. It gives me that moment. It gives me that time to just be present and just appreciate that and just build my confidence on that. So do you like remember when you made that kind of transition to, oh, okay, this isn't too hard. Like I can talk to people. Oh, I think especially, yeah. And I think with like primarily thinking about the numbers as well, I think once I started averaging, I'll say between and even 50 people, which is a lot of people, mm-hmm. there was like that time point where you're like, holy shiz, there's a lot of friends in here. That that was like that was nerve wracking for a while. I'm sure it took me it had to have taken me a little bit of time. I don't know. I don't know necessarily when it fully clicked. Um, but I think the fur I will say the first Thinking back on one of the first big raids that I had ever gotten was, I think it was like 174 people. That was where I went full screen. I was like, oh, it's hot. It's hot in here. That that made me sweat a little bit. <laughs> but so I, I feel like from each raid that kind of got bigger and bigger, it was basically just, OK, how do you handle it? And again, I think that's just with the confidence of honing in on being better at speaking and just being present in the moment and not panicking because I think but you love to see that though you love to see that with first time people that you raid into or if you have a big raid and you're able to do that for someone it's really endearing so I do love that reaction and now when it happens to me I usually my eyes pop out of my head a little bit and I'm like what is happening here but it's just it's just one of those things where I'm just like all right hi this is who I am this is this is what I bring to the table 
these are the games that I like to play. I love variety. I love variety. And I think that kind of, as I'm talking about that stuff too, it pulls me back to my whole partner push thing as well, which this achievement for me in being a variety gamer on the platform is really difficult. It's really hard to achieve it as a variety gamer because you're always playing different stuff. You're hoping the same people come back, but you might not ever see a handful of people again because you're not playing the same game over and over again. But I don't know. That's just where I feel like, hey, this is me. I play variety. If you love variety games, you're in the right spot. And I will tell people that I don't play the same stuff every single day. I just can't. I can't do that. And I know a lot of people that have specifically done that to achieve partner because then they get the status and then they're like, all right, I'm going to play whatever I want to play now. And I'm just like, see, but I'm not going to play it like that. I'm just going to stay true to who I am and there's no rush and like good things come with time. Yeah, I think that's better for your community too, because that's, yeah, they know who you are they know what they're going to get. And I just, I feel like you're building those genuine friendships that way as well. Not to say that you don't when you play one game all the time, but like I've been in those streams of those friends that just play the same thing over and over again. Of course, you see the same people in there. They're in there because they love the streamer that for the love of the game and stuff. But then you do, you just have other people in there that have no, no interest in chatting with other people. Like they're solely just there to watch the game and try to give tips to the streamer and that's where I feel different because I do, I like to, I love seeing people in the community, checking in with each other, talking to each other, people apologizing to me that, oh, we're taking up the chat by talking. I'm like, what? Ne absolutely never apologize. I love to see that. That is my favorite thing to see. That, that's, the, that, that's real connections right there. And that's yeah, what makes me happy. Yeah. Just like friends, making friends with each other. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's what it's all about for me. That's what, that's it. I feel fulfilled when that happens. Uh, so what's something about streaming that you wish you knew when you first started out? Really know how to answer this question. Primarily just, I, it, this is probably going to be one of the simpler answers. I, I think just in a whole, like how to start a little more smoother, but I feel like the way that I did it was completely fine. Again, super basic broadcasting from my PlayStation. I I don't really know. I, I liked the way, I guess for my journey, I liked the way that it happened just because it was just a real experience in the sense of you just, you go through what everyone else goes through with not really having anyone in chat to getting the regulars and stuff. I guess there's really not there's really not much. It, it would probably for me, it'd be like, I guess if I just knew a little bit more, if I did a little bit more research on Twitch, but in the same way, I'm just glad that I winged it. Yeah. I just winged it. And I ended up like, like finding some friends that I'm still friends with to this day. I have the OGs in my chat and yeah, I'm just, I'm just thankful for meeting again, like the genuine people that I've met because it's really that's what's really has made the journey for me. That's a really good answer. Not the best <laughs> answer. It's not really, it's not going to help anyone, but. Yeah, I think um, it is different for everybody. No, I think that's yeah. a good answer. Because you'll have a lot of people that tell you, you need to have, you need to have this big setup. You need to have expensive stuff to be successful. And you don't. 
I I was very lucky. Like I said, a lot of the, the, the old PC that I have, the gaming laptop that I have, this was all because of my husband. He gave me this stuff. So it's nothing fancy. The most expensive thing that I bought recently was this microphone. And even then, it was it's a refurbished microphone that I got off of Amazon. I try to save money any way that I can. But that, aside from the beard, I have some beards that I like to wear as a redeem. <laughs> I have my wig. I have the spicy bean boozle. There's some money stuff that I put into my streams for the fun of the community. But other than that, yeah, you don't need to have some people... I tell you, I, I just read some of the stuff that they share and they're like, I've spent thousands of dollars on all this stuff to try to be full time and try to make it somewhere on Twitch. And it's I'm hoping over time they do gain uh, that success in what they're looking for, because you don't have to. You don't have to get all that stuff to to get to where you are. And that's the other thing that I just I like to share to people. You don't have to have all these different social handles and spend thousands of dollars you just if you bring i feel like if you just bring something that is authentic and different of what because people don't want to see the same stuff either on the platform and i think that's where it comes out to the cookie cutter syndrome there's a there's people that'll say everyone seems the same there's a lot of people that seem the same out of thousands of people you just have to learn how to stand out and the best advice I give is just be yourself and have fun yeah. and you'll make it somewhere with that. Gonna... Do you think video games help develop skills? What mental and physical skills do they help players to develop? Oh I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they've proven that now, haven't they? Isn't that wasn't that the stigma a long time ago that video games didn't do anything to help? But they really do help with I'm trying. Was it like the hand-eye cord? There's, what is it specifically that I'm trying to say? I thought I had read in an article that they did a study that gaming did it was beneficial for the gamer. <laughs> I wish I knew exactly what I was trying to say, but I do. I really do feel that way, and I feel like it helps develop like creativity with the games that you play, especially story-wise, emotionally. Just like if you're reading a book or watching your favorite show or movie, you feel that same feel with gameplay. How can it be a bad thing? I don't think it is. There are some people that'll still try to prove that, but no, I, I think they do. I think they really do help out physically and mentally. It has for me anyway. I've been gaming my whole dang life. I feel like it's done something for me. Yeah, and I think you brought up a really good point about how playing video games used to have a bad stigma i know a lot of people used to say especially when gta came out it makes people violent oh i can tell you right now i have a few of those grand theft auto games and it's never made me a violent person now is it of course the, the game is violent absolutely it's not necessarily appropriate or i feel like if you can distinguish that and you're in your right state of mind you know that you know that games aren't going to make you that way. Yeah. And just like with shows and movies and stuff. But you just got to take it. another thing you got to take with a grain of salt. Yeah. When you're playing it. Don't do this to, to actual people. Yeah. I also thought of it as an outlet. Like you might have had a bad day or somebody could have, like your boss could have been giving you a hard time. It's a good way to get blow off some steam. Definite outlet. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Especially if I'm having a rough day mentally with, like I said, with my kiddo, he's finding his voice. He's coming into his own person. He's been more difficult. And that just comes with age. And that can either be really, I've never canceled a stream because of it, but I've definitely at the beginning of my streams, I'm like, oh, my kiddo's tucked in. He, he goes to bed really well. I know he's going to get a good night's full night's sleep, but man, the day was draining. Mentally, it's draining. And when you can just get on and play some games, whether it be solo or co-op games with friends, and you just get to be in the moment with your friends and laugh and, you know, blow off that steam, like you said, it really does. It, and that's where the whole, you know, the mentality of it, too. That's why I think they're really beneficial. I think games are really beneficial and maybe even better than watching a show or a movie, especially just being on the platform because you do have your friends that you can talk to on here. And the social battery of streaming, because I always say to people when they come in, I'm not a streamer. <laughs> I'm not a streamer. I'm a gamer. I just do this so you can watch me and interact with me. But yeah, it, I've found it to be very fulfilling even though I have like my real life friendships that people are busy, we try to make time for each other. The friendships that I've made on the platform are just as important in my heart anyway. And that's why also people thank me for coming on. I like to thank you guys too for doing that for me as well, because it really helps me. It brings me back in that moment and take some deep breaths and have some fun together. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So as a streamer, what's something that you think is very important and a core principle to your streaming philosophy? For me, it's be true to yourself, be true to the people around you, be honest, be empathetic, and just, just, just appreciate, appreciate, just appreciate what you have in this moment and the people that you see. Because a lot of the friends that you do see on the platform, if you don't see them for a while, if you haven't heard from them, don't be afraid to reach out. But as a philosophy of just being on the platform, just be a good person. It takes nothing to be a kind soul on the platform. There's no, I feel like there shouldn't be any drama on the platform. I haven't had any. There's no, there's no, I'm better than this person. It's just, this is just me. This is what I bring to the table. I just want people to feel safe. I want to make people feel good, feel heard, and just enjoy your time on the platform. Like I said, just have fun. I feel if you're looking for anything else, not to say that it's not achievable, there's nothing wrong with having goals, but the way that I've done it and how I feel about being on the platform is just first and foremost, fun, fun comes first. Mm -hmm. Again, the friendships that I've made, I really cherish them. Yeah. Just keep your head down. <laughs> keep your head held high, but keep your head down when it comes to the potential negatives. And that's not to say that you can't say how you feel about stuff. I think you can respectfully do that without stirring the pot, but just depending on the situation, just let it go. And there's some people that just can't let it go. And I think that's, I think that's their downside. So philosophy, be a damn good person. Have a good time. Pretty simple and straightforward. <laughs> Very simple and straightforward. Wouldn't have it any other way. Do you do anything outside of gaming? Do you have any hobbies? Outside is gaming being my hobby. Yes, I do. <laughs> I know. It sounds like um, gaming's like just everything. It's full on. It's, yeah. It's full on. Like 
it has to it it's the majority of it's not all day every day because I think in this interview it's going to seem like all I do is play games but I really don't it's like I really don't I maybe get to game a little bit in the morning uh, if my son is at preschool and stuff uh, maybe when we're home and he's doing his own thing for a little bit I can squeeze a couple games in but the whole rest of my day the whole rest of my night it, it's surrounds my family so my husband and son my mom came over today so family time is really important to me seeing friends fam dinners getting outside is really big really important to me we have 13 acres here at the house so we have like our own it's really our own paradise being at home so we have a lot of land i like to get outside with the dogs run the dogs we run around the yard we have a nice back field. We have some wooded area. So just really taking in that nature, disconnecting from the tech. And to say, I might have my phone in my pocket, but that's to maybe try to get some photos or a video or something. Because I mostly live in the moment. I don't take pictures and videos of everything either. And I hope I don't regret that someday, but I do like to be very present in the moment. But yeah, I just love, I love getting outside. I love going on trips with my family. Um, we did the first trip, couple trip, two trips last year. We went to New Jersey to visit some of my husband's family with our son, of course. And he did amazing. He did so well. Even wasn't, I was a little stressed out thinking like, is he going to be able to sleep? We brought his mattress and stuff, um, but he did really great. And then um, a couple months later, we had a wedding that we went to in Maine. So a little bit more traveling and he did fantastic. We stayed overnight in a little inn and he did wonderful. So like now knowing that we can go do stuff like that and get out as a family, I think that's what I love the most. Um, just going and doing stuff with the family. We went to Boston Aquarium semi-recently, maybe just like a few months ago, a month or two ago. I'm trying to remember when. So yeah, just... Trying to get out a bit more, especially since the pandemic is like basically has come to an end for the most part um, because it just kept us. We were hermits. It just there was. Yeah, there was so much time spent at home. So just really living in the moment, getting out, going on some other like we have other beautiful nature trails and stuff like that. We try to go to the little science museum type things, so just trying to keep busy. And as long as it's always like with the family, it's definitely a good time. That's probably my favorite kind of hobbies that I like to do. I don't really, I'm not big on reading. Of course, I have the, I have a whole bunch of game guides and stuff over here. I love looking back on my old guides. That <laughs> doesn't really count, though. I'm just like a really, oh, I have one hobby that I love at almost every single day. Can you guess what it is? I did it earlier. I told you. Oh. I took a... Nap. A nap. Oh, okay. I, I love naps. Naps are great. I love naps. I love naps. And if I can lay my son down, and he still naps, by the way, which is amazing, I squeeze a nap in. Yeah, I just love being, like, I'm a homebody, too. So I do love being at home, and I love being cozy, especially with the weather that we've been having the past couple days. It's been heavy rain, and it's just, it's been perfect. Yeah, it's been perfect to be a little bit lazy. Watch it put a movie on. Yeah, that's good. What, napping weather? <laughs> All right. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I know you said you have a surprise question. You had sent me another question. 
Yeah. But I think you already answered that. Did I answer that one? Yeah. Because challenges. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to speak on that? I I can just, in a little bit, I could quickly. I think anyone who's listening would know the general challenges as women on the platform. Um, Primarily being sexualized, of course, even if you're wearing a sweater. Some people still try to come in and stir that pot. But I just want to say, too, it it isn't just women, though. I have seen it in a few of, like, my guy friends' streams where there are some women that are very sexual and very forward and say some pretty inappropriate things, too. Obviously, the balance isn't fully there where you can say that's the same. Yeah. But it's, it is on both ends. That's true, um, I, yeah. I think as women, we just, I think the best thing to do is just nip it in the bud, especially when you have people like that come in. Don't tolerate it, but don't really entertain it at the same time. One of those things where sometimes you want to say what you feel, but at the same time, it might just be better to ignore it. And that's not to say don't speak out on it, but I think a lot of people do that to come in and try to get a rise out of you. That's the other thing that you have to, you just have to remember. There are literally just people like that going into people's chats, like trying to stir that pot. And of course, you have that whole debate of men saying that women have it easier on the platform, being women, stealing all the views, which is just hilarious. It's not even true. A lot of those people, what do they play Call of Duty 24 hours a day? Like they, there's just, they're not bringing anything they're not bringing anything special to to their channel, I feel, because those are also the types of people that probably don't pay attention to chat, but they're just not be they're not making it. They're not becoming successful like they want to. So they just make that excuse. And that's just a lot of the stuff that I read, too. Twitter is fun for that. But I've seen I just want to say I've seen plenty of men of male friends that are very successful on the platform that are not they're again they're just genuine they're themselves they've created a welcoming community and the same for women and obviously uh there are some women that who do your do use their sexuality to gain an audience but i I feel like that's a whole different topic as well one that i try to stay away from because again i'm just on here chilling playing games so i guess if that's someone's prerogative that's and that's how they want to define success, then that's their own thing. Yeah. You're too busy doing you and having fun doing it. I'm over here on my channel wearing beards, flat, <laughs> like going full screen, showing you this gag gift of a turd that I've had over 20 years of my life. Just being silly because that's, for me, that's what it's all about. It's, I just want to be silly. I, I just want to have fun. And I have. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. That should be all of our goals is to have fun, first and foremost. It should always be the goal. Always. Because that's where you're going to achieve the most success, I feel. And again, the low expectations. Like you said earlier, too, you come into it with no expectations. It's You're never going to be disappointed. Okay, so I think it's time for your surprise question. Ready? Oh, I'm ready. If animals could talk, which one do you think would be the rudest? The rudest animal that would talk? Yeah, so if all animals could talk, which one do you think would be the rudest? I feel like that would probably be 
know why I just thought of a honey badger. <laughs> that was like the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, badgers could be pretty ruthless, I think. And, and I think that's just because of their, right? Aren't they aggressive? Yeah, they are aggressive, aggressive. yeah. And I, why I immediately thought of a honey badger. If I had to think of like a household pet, I feel like a lot of people would say cats, but mm-hmm. I don't know. My cat is such a sweetheart. No, same. <laughs> he, she is amazing. I love my cat. You'll often see her as well cuddling with me in my chair while I'm Aww. gaming. She'll come up and plump down. Oh. What's her name? Her name is Evie. But not like the Pokemon, though. It's okay, e- that's what I was just about E-V-I-E. to say. <laughs> okay. Everyone says that. I can't take the credit of, I didn't want to change it to the Pokemon Okay. style one because i'm really just not a huge i don't dislike pokemon i'm just not a big fan of yeah. it and that was her name evie was the same spelling that was her name when i uh, was adopting her so okay. i liked it so much i kept it and i will send you a photo of her to via dm after so you can see how beautiful she is Aww. she's stunning. <laughs> oh, how long oh, have you had her how old is she i believe she when was she born I think her birthday is December 2019. Oh, wow. So okay. is she three now? Oh. Am I doing, wait, 21, two, three. Am I doing the math right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it's right. I think she's yeah. three. I have four pets total just while we're on the topic of oh, pets. Yeah, sure. So we have Peachy, my lion head bunny that I talked about. She will be six years old this year. Oh, wow. Okay. She's very cute and floofy. Again, all photos that I can send to you after this. Oh, please do. There is Kilo, our German shepherd. He turned seven this year, and Zara Myla turned two. I believe she had her second birthday in March. And they um, all get along pretty well. Okay. They do. They all get along. The cat is very dog-like, so they can <laughs> all like they can all be in the same room together, just sitting there chilling. They play together. Of course, the bunny is. She's always safe down here in her cage, but if I were to take her out and show her to the dogs, they wouldn't be aggressive with her. They would just want to smell her. And her and the cat get along good because I've let them play together since Evie was little, too. And my son has opened the cage up before and the cat has jumped in there and Peachy's just, oh, hey. (laughs) And females can be like pretty... They can be like a little more aggressive when it comes to their territory, and she's never done anything. She's actually a very sweet female bunny, probably the sweetest, so I really lucked out. And I had adopted her as well back in 2018, so I believe she was just a year old when I got her, but I got her from the Humane Society. So everyone check your local animal shelters. Yeah, for sure. Adopt those babies. I didn't even know they adopt bunnies. They do, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they, you know, they get these pets, guinea pigs, bunnies. They might not have the proper care for them or they just don't have the time for them. And you know what? I feel like if you're going to be responsible, at least you own up to that and give them to the shelter so they can go back, hopefully, to a proper home. Yeah. I love animals. Oh, yeah. Same here. I'm always (laughs) feeding something outside. I love it. Um, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with me this evening and uh, for being with us. Could you uh, list out yourself? The, really, the only social I have is my Twitter. And you can find me on there from the spelling of my username. 
underscore Skittles, <laughs> spelt with a Z. Yeah, I have a YouTube. Like I said, I only use it for backlog of my old videos. I do have a Discord. That is the link I usually just put in my chat if people want to join it. But yeah, no, that that's it. I'm a simple gal. That's where you can find me. And of course, on Twitch, on the platform. That's your best bet. This is why I love being able to interview streamers. It's like discovering people together, and I'm glad I got to know Jay Skittles a little bit more. She has such a wonderful personality and such an amazing community, I know you'll feel right at home. So go check out Jay Skittles, Soothing and Savage, show her and her community some love, and help her in that push for partner so you guys can get some more cool emotes. My theme music is by DJ Kern. Check her out on SoundCloud. My interview music is by Zigo Bang. Make sure you check him out on SoundCloud as well. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep gaming. When I stream that game, I don't know what it is about that game, but every once in a while, I get a troll or two that comes in. They just, they hate the game and they're like, oh, it's so overrated. And this, they just say all this bullshit stuff to him. What are you even talking about? What? The first Legend of Zelda was open world. You could complete it in any way that you wanted to. Breath of the Wild, though it's nothing like that, it's similar to that. In the open world stance, you can leave the shrine and you can go to Ganon immediately if you want to. I wouldn't do it, but yeah. I guess it would be a nice challenge. I think it has been done. But I just, like, why are you such a hater? For real, this this was the game that we needed. It okay. is a literal breath of fresh air for me every time that I play it. And I've played through it, like, a couple of times, and I never get sick of it. It's just, it was so beautifully done. And you can do whatever you want to. If you want to go fight, a bunch of Lynels and Hinoxes and the stone taluses and all the little, all the bosses throughout the world. You can play it as aggressively as you want to, or you can just go adventure. Like we were saying before, The Legend of Zelda has really evolved over time. It's nothing like it used to be. And maybe that's why people are upset, because every time something changes, people don't really tend to like it. It's such a double-edged sword, because there's always going to be people that complain. Too many, no changes, too many changes. Oh, just no one is, this is just the thing where people are never fully going to be satisfied unless you're someone like me that just the simplicity of it, just like embracing it the way it is. Because come to find out, if you give it a chance, you're most likely going to end up loving it. And yeah, you just, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's just yeah, that's, how I feel on that. Yeah, true. That's true. So, would you consider like Link 2, would you consider that an RPG? I don't think so. RPG, yeah. for me, when I think of an RPG game, I think of 